0: You're listening to the Sales Process Excellence Podcast with Michael Webb. Hello, this is Michael Webb, and this is the Sales Process Excellence Podcast. Some people focus on getting to senior level decision makers and professional selling practices. Other people focus on data and cause and effect and process improvement. In this podcast, we focus on both. And my guest today is Bill Blair of Blair Business Solutions, and I've done some work with Blair in a client, and we've had some discussions that led me to think, you know, there's some interesting stuff here. So, B- Bill, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for being here. Michael, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. So I think it would be uh, best to start off if you could tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from in your career and what does Blair Business Solutions do?
1: Okay, um, I have uh, spent over 35 years in the printing and graphic communications industries in a variety of senior management roles and uh, if you know the printing and communications industries, uh, it's, it's manufacturing and uh, talk about an industry that's very process oriented. So uh in those roles uh my top 3 problems no matter what uh, the role was my top 3 problems were always people related and those are typically um how to uh, attract develop and retain top talent so uh in in uh, recent uh months i've uh, been at a, at a crossroads and really decided to uh create a uh consulting practice that helps Mm -hmm. clients with uh, with leadership development with sales coaching and mentoring and with uh, employee engagement and retention issues
0: Mm. okay so the thing that we were working on was a management coaching uh, uh, project and one of the things that caught my attention was this assessment uh, that you use because this Harrison assessment, I was not familiar with it. But I was intrigued and I was skeptical um, because the point of view I take on solving business problems is that, as Deming said, 95 or 98% of the problems stem from the system, um, and only management can control the system. And I know that's true from my personal experience as a salesperson and a sales manager. But there's so much in the sales culture and in traditional sales management that says, "No, you got to pick a salesperson with the right personality." And so I'm always skeptical of these assessments. But yours caught my eye, and and, and what you told me about it um, was interesting. So um, tell us a little bit about how this works and why you like it, and um, how it has helped you in your leadership. Well, the Harrison
1: assessment, I, I found it um, ten or twelve years ago uh, when I was looking for a process to uh, help evaluate and, and motivate uh, at the time salespeople, and and so uh, what really uh, differentiates the Harrison is that it, uh, unlike some of the quote unquote personality. Uh, assessments out there it assesses uh behavior and the thought process is that uh, personality can't be changed but behavior can so if we can uh collect the data from you on the behaviors that you exhibit and we can match those to uh, a given position uh some some uh, behavioral tendencies that we want in the in the workplace that fit our company culture uh w- we can come up with a better fit we can uh, use it uh, to help select and coach people. We can use it to develop our next set of uh, of leaders. So um, I like it. It's, it's a data-driven process, and I, I also like the word process. If you think about uh, my background in manufacturing in particular, we had a process for almost everything, but we didn't necessarily have processes for how we hired and developed people and uh, that's what i really like about the uh, the harrison it it works with data that we collect from the individual and uh, it it becomes a personal awareness journey for them and uh, then we can drive uh, development
0: and coaching uh, from that data all right so uh, the a lot of times in assessments Uh, Where you're trying to uh, select the right kind of salespeople, my impression at least, is that they're looking for the salesperson who, you know, has the right personality traits, the right, you know, they're willing to put up with a thousand doors slammed in their face and doesn't matter. They just keep on doing it, you know, Um, and, and and. as if those are the key things that are going to make a salesperson um, successful. Um, what were the what were the traits uh, or the behaviors that you were looking for in salespeople, and how did the assessment um, help you find them? Well, great question. You know, one of the the first times
1: I used the Harrison, uh, I was looking to expand the sales force. And in uh, trying to figure that that very question out. So um, I had three salespeople that I thought I well, didn't think I knew were top performers, no matter what the economy was, no matter what they were selling. They always seemed to come out on top. But looking at them personally, kind of from the outside, you would say there's they have nothing in common. They they uh, uh, are very different personalities in this case they had very different selling styles but maybe uh, there were behaviors that they exhibited that uh, allowed them to be successful regardless of of their outward personality and, hmm. and so I, I i used the harrison gave the assessment to the three of them and then compared their their reports and their data and uh, what i found is yes there there were uh quite a bit of differences in in some of their outlying uh, behaviors, but they had several things in common. Um, they were uh, outgoing, of course the, some of these are are uh, you know intuitively we, we think all right th- this is what a salesperson has to have, but it confirmed some things and, and uh, then uh, reinforced others. so so uh, outgoing they have a, a very high uh behavior towards persistence. Uh, no matter how many doors are slammed in their face, uh they they keep rolling. They have um, a fairly large ego. Uh so when they hear no, um it, it doesn't really affect them. Um they're um organized. Uh we tend to think of some salespeople as not being as organized as, as they should be, but uh the high performers that I've worked with are all organized. Um they um, work very well independently. They're highly motivated to improve themselves. Um, you know, they're they're typically um, doing a lot on the side of reading and uh, self-development because they want to improve uh, not just their performance but themselves uh, individually. And that's just a handful of things that those folks, those three that I I uh, assessed, all had in common. And um, some of those again are intuitive, some are not.
0: but uh, so the Harrison told you that they were they had lots of reading on going on the side and
1: that they, they no great great question. The Harrison has a uh, uh, a behavior that is is desire for self-improvement basically. And um, it it uh, it gives that a score and it says, you know, uh this person's desire for for uh self improvement is is on a scale of, of of uh one to ten is a high number, you know, seven, eight, nine, or ten.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: they're they are gonna figure out uh how to improve their performance on their own. Do you ever wonder why um some salespeople, regardless of of what they're selling or what the economy is or what the size of their uh, territory is or account base they always seem to do well why is that well they're always you know an old term sharpening the saw they're always trying to improve themselves they're always looking for ways to persevere
0: to um, get a win but and, is, that, um, is that unique to salespeople I mean I would think anybody no. who has that trait would be a better employee than someone who doesn't so it's not a sales trait
1: that's that's a good observation. It's very true, particularly in management. Uh someone that uh is is highly interested and highly self-motivated um is a is a much better employee I've found.
0: Um well, and I'm I, the other trait that's so often um mentioned is, you know, the the stick-to-itiveness, the willing to overcome resistance. And right. Um I'm recalling a time in my career where I was working for a company and um, you know their products had fallen behind the market and they you know they weren't really keeping up. Um, and but it was an interesting work and I liked um, the industry and I wanted to learn how to do it and so I stuck with it. Most of the other salespeople didn't. It was lots of turnover. Um, right. and and so I was kind of um, um, bull-headedly you know believing that I could make a success of it uh, and, and for like four years five years and I never really never made any money there um, and the other co- people who were there either had big accounts and so they were getting commission off of that it, it just wasn't it was I would have been better off to try something different right um, right and and I had it's, it's common <clears throat> for sales managers, particularly with young salespeople. this is a long time ago. Um, you know, Mr. Salesperson, young pup, <laughs> you're responsible. It's up to you. You make the calls. And if you get too much time spent on closing your deals, you're not gonna fill your sales funnel up. So you've gotta manage yourself and manage your time. And to a degree, that's all true. Yes. But after a while, when you're working 60 hours a week and you are competent and you're one of the best ones in the office and things aren't going so well um, for anybody, it makes sense to pick up and stop, right? You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. I don't think that intuitiveness is necessarily – I mean, it is to an extent, but I don't know. I would just be curious about your comments.
1: No, I think it's, it's, you know,
0: there are some keys to, to, and
1: we're, we're talking about salespeople right now, successful salespeople and, in uh, you know, we haven't necessarily talked about the sales process yet, but, but let, let's assume there is no process like, like a lot of companies today, mm-hmm. right. um, you know, those, uh, attributes of organization, time management, self-starter, self-motivated, uh, perseverance, are are very important because that's all you really have, and and so if you layer on a a uh, definable sales process, um, it doesn't diminish those things. Um, it it probably adds to. And so I would say that same salesperson that's banging their head on the wall making those calls because they are you know persevering. Uh, becomes more effective with the sales process yes I
0: agree with that uh, which is the, the, you know, the, that's what the kind of a key point is I, it's better to spend some energy trying to figure out how to do things in a manner that makes it easier to succeed than it right. is continuing to do the same thing over and over and over again so if you look at the Harrison and in, 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 uh, you know I used it first to to uh,
1: try and figure out why those salespeople were successful and then think about uh, an assessment that gives you the ability to predict how people will behave, uh, and and then you can overlay it on a job description. And whether that's a salesperson, a manager, um, you know, a CEO, if you can uh, have a tool or a toolkit that helps you predict in advance how they will behave or or or, or their behavioral tendencies, um, you you can. Uh, use that data as part of your process, your hiring process, to um, drill down, figure out more of, of, about their behaviors during the interview process. Um, it helps you after the hiring process to onboard and coach and, and uh, get them off to a fast start. So uh, that's really the second part of, of the Harrison that I uh, kind of fell in love with was, was the ability to predict some behaviors and then um, get those folks up and running quickly once they were hired. Uh, I do have to say the Harrison, you know, as, as uh, in the hiring process, there's typically three, three parts of the hiring process, the interview, which is very important. First, there's eligibility. Uh, do they have the qualifications, education, experience that we want um, mm-hmm. as a minimum? And then the Harrison really, really talks about the, uh, the data collected uh, uh, shows suitability. In other words, do they exhibit the behaviors that will make them successful in this, this position?
0: So, um, I once uh, did some work uh, with a, another consultant, and one of the really he's a really smart guy, and one of the clever and valuable uh, insights uh, he had about salespeople was that that a lot of companies want to they're looking to hire um, somebody, and there's plenty of salespeople out there who feel this way that. You know, hire me, and I'll prove how good I am, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And mm-hmm. what companies really ought to be looking for is someone who will improve how good they are. And that's a this seems subtle, but that's a big difference. And and he thought, you know, if there was an assessment, and that would allow managers to hire this kind of salesperson, then everything would get better. And I was like, mm, hang on a minute. <laughs> If you, suppose you did that and you start bringing in people with a higher potential and and a higher desire to improve themselves, but if the management of the company isn't really looking for that or planning to reward that or doesn't have any, you know, uh, if it's still going to be running in an old-fashioned mindset, that's not going to solve your problem. If anything, it'll increase your problem. Would you agree with that?
1: I, I agree with that. You know, so much of it then becomes company culture, right? And and uh, uh, does the person we're hiring, salesperson or not, uh, do they, they fit the culture? Um, you know, easier, I think it's easier to choose a person that fits the culture than change the culture to fit uh, a, a single person. Now, yeah. um, that may be a whole different discussion, but, but uh, one of the things we're looking to do is help people get that fit that's so necessary in the hiring process um you know we're all excited to 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 interview to have a job offer but what does the fit look like how can we uh determine that if that's a good fit for the company and a good fit for the person uh because the person being hired is going to be happier and therefore do uh do a better job for us. Does the
0: Harrison have any like tweaks in it or, or overlays in it that reflect the kind of culture the company is that they'd be hired into?
1: Well, uh, the, uh, what you can do is, uh, with, with the Harrison, um, let's just pick job descriptions. There's are 6,500 uh, job descriptions in the database that were developed over time, but you can take any one of those and uh, adjust it to fit your company culture and what you really do is you put a preference or an order uh a numerical weight on behaviors that fit the type of person you're looking for the type of of job and so in the same way um, these are our company values these are our this is our culture we Mm -hmm. value x y and z Uh, if you weight those um higher in the search process, uh, absolutely, it will show.
0: Interesting. Uh, interesting. So I was—I uh, did some work this week um, with uh, some executives in a organiza- large organization, um, and especially in the beginning, of the workshop, the, you know, a lot of the people were saying, you know, so tell us what we're supposed to do. Tell us the, you know, the best practices that will help us increase our sales. That's not what I was there to do, right? Because right. you can tell them, everybody likes to read about all these cool ideas and all this neat stuff that might be working in some other company. Um, but I, I told them I had never heard of an instance where a best practice was successfully imported to a, a, an organization. And at, after my workshop was finished, um, I would guess is pretty good workshop. I guess about half of the people, they sort of, uh, you know, they had this idea. They realized what I was really trying to get them to understand and why that kind of an approach doesn't work. But there was a good, you know, minority, maybe 30, 40 percent of the uh, audience that they just hadn't thought it through far enough yet and they didn't get it. Um, And their culture was still you know, we just need to give us the five best things we should go do, and we'll go implement it, right? And then they'll forget right. about it in three months, and they'll be doing something else, right? Right, right. Well, particular problem
1: in the in the printing and graphic arts industry is that uh, for the longest time we uh, would go out and and hire our competitors' top salesperson because they were successful,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: and 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 uh, had a book of business that uh, they could move uh they had had client relationships and they would come to us and everything would be would be wonderful well um the the recession came along and uh we were still trying it and it was a risky time for 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 buyers and uh for print buyers and so we would poach these salespeople, and rather than 75% of their accounts coming along uh 25% of their accounts might yeah. come and, um, what we found out in the process is compounded the issue. These people had built this business over time and really kind of forgotten how to, how to sell. They're, they weren't exhibiting the behaviors that allowed them to be successful. And so then layer on lack of a, of a true sales process at the company they came to. And, uh, you know, it was kind of the double whammy. So, so, uh, a lot of companies in, in the print and graphics industry are, are really looking at our, how do we find our next generation of salespeople? What behaviors do they need to exhibit to be successful within our process? Yeah. And, uh, it, it's, it's a big discussion right now. I'm, I'm sure it's outside the print industry as well, but, but, uh, um, that's just a, a fresh, uh, well, uh, example in my mind.
0: Yeah, and, and behaviors are driven by um, values. Whether you right. have correctly articulated your values, whether you're aware of your values or not, your behavior is going to reveal what right. your values are, Right. right? And that's particularly right. important to recognize the higher up in management you go. Right. the presidents of the companies, and you know, and and the sales VPs and the top level people—they're revealing what they value, and it's just oozing out of them. They don't have to say anything. People are always watching. Um, and so, when we are doing process improvement uh, consulting, and we're trying to help a company to uh, incorporate process improvement ideas, and you know, you you have to face square head on the issue that if you introduce ideas and methods to other people, you're going to get resistance. Right. And much better to recognize that the people who do the work own the responsibility for creating the results. You need to expect them to improve. You need to expect them to give you their ideas of what could be improved. And you can challenge their thinking, right? But you sure. have to let them learn that. They give, that way, they develop ownership. Now, that's a set of behaviors that, especially first-line and middle management, uh, first-line sales managers and middle managers, need to be conscious of um, and right. need to cultivate uh, within themselves. And many of them have, may not have developed the habits of being conscious of their own behaviors and the values that
1: they're broadcasting.
0: So, I mean, tell me about how the assessment would help them.
1: Well, uh, um, several thoughts. First, uh, the assessment uh, has a, has a behavior category that it, that it looks at uh, called uh, openness to change. Right. Second, uh, comfort with conflict because uh, change is conflict, you know, in a way, mm-hmm. right? And so we look for for um, uh, scores in those areas. Uh, certainly, if you have somebody who has a very low score on openness to change, uh, there's a, a third that uh, is um, tolerance of structure. So if you have somebody that doesn't like change and doesn't like structure, probably not somebody you'd want to to uh, put in a management role over uh, a process improvement project. What if they're already example, in the management right? role. You know, um, you have a couple, couple decisions to make. You know, there um, is there, uh, is, is, another behavior of the 175 we, we look at, uh, is, is, um, uh, openness to, uh, coaching and, in, and, in, in, uh, constructive mm-hmm. criticism, basically. Mm-hmm. So, so are they willing to be coached? Again, if they have a high self-improvement uh, score, they're probably, not always, probably open to, to being coached. And so, um, one of the issues, you know, you've, you've promoted somebody uh, because they're a great salesperson, now they're in management, and um, they've got some issues. Uh, you can coach those if they're open to it. And mm-hmm. so, um, that happens quite a bit. Uh, we've got somebody that, that we really value. They're a long-term employee, or maybe they have great relationships with our clients and, uh, we don't want to just throw them out, uh, because we have options. And one Mm -hmm. of the options is let's uh, do the behavioral assessment. Let's, uh, take them on their own self-awareness journey and, uh, and then work on coaching some of these areas that are important to our culture as a company. Interesting. Question for you, when you're dealing with uh, these these companies, can can the senior managers uh, in the companies always describe their
0: culture? No, no, I don't think they can Uh, unless they I I think that that at least I would be skeptical of it. I mean, I I went to work for a company and they told me that what their culture was. And on the surface, you know, it took me a year or so. It, It appeared to be true but after you were in there for a while you started to realize wait a second
1: <laughs> so know. they were describing what they wanted it to be not yeah. necessarily what it was
0: right and, and so and, so in your role
1: you're going to what the the middle managers and 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 the working folks to find out what the culture really is
0: in my you mean in my work now
1: yeah yeah
0: in well the, in
1: well, my the work, reason I'm, I'm, the, the, the reason I'm asking just is is that, um, if we know what the culture is, we can assess for it and try and, and either find the right folks or coach the right folks, uh, to, to fit well within the culture. That's where I'm going.
0: Okay. So, what, what, the position I'm taking, uh, is that there is a set of values and behaviors, um, which are more or less ideal. And that if the, uh, especially the leadership of the company, if it, it may already possess some of those or maybe a lot mm-hmm. of them, okay, but mm-hmm. it, then again, it may not. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you can show those individuals why those values are important and why those behaviors have such broad impact on the end results that they create. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can sort of sell them, if you will, or educate them about better ways to do their job, better ways to um, to manage, better ways to behave, better ways to encourage their employees to think more critically, um, better ways to avoid uh, um, having the same problems occur again and again and again. Mm-hmm. So, So, you know, the values and the... This, the thought processes and the behaviors is what I'm trying to help people see. Mm-hmm. And, but you can't just go in and tell them what these are. That doesn't work very well. You have to give them an experience and ask them some questions that get them to start thinking down these pathways that they might not have thought before. Right. Right. And so you, you know, if you have someone who isn't very self-aware, um, isn't very you know, All of us have grown up and our families may not have been ideal, um, and it, that's what life is about, is like learning what is good and what is not good and what new possibilities are and having a better perspective and more empathy for other people and better able to communicate, and, and it all has to take place in the context of uh, the kind of work that you as an individual enjoy and want to do and what you want to do with your life. So you got to help people to work through all that stuff. Um, That was the reason I was intrigued to chat with you because um, as I'm working with clients, what I'm bringing is these exercises and ways of doing things. I collaborate with them, but it struck me as potentially quite valuable to also offer the client this X-ray into what their current behaviors or preferences and therefore their values might be. Because it gives them a contrast. They say, hmm, you're right, I do have that uh, attitude, and that does contrast with what I think I ought to do. You're helping them to realize and, and perhaps to improve themselves you know, more readily, perhaps. That's what I was thinking. Right. And and a lot's been written
1: recently about uh, emotional intelligence and how important it is, particularly for managers, Uh, Mm -hmm. I would argue for salespeople, too. But, uh, you know, and one of the first principles of of, of, uh, emotional intelligence is knowing oneself and then being able to uh, control yourself and your emotions particularly in the workplace. Uh, some days it's, it's more difficult than others in the workplace. But mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, self-awareness is a huge part of emotional intelligence and, and, and being a, uh, a thoughtful, insightful, and effective
0: manager. Yeah, um, In my years as a sales trainer and a field sales coach, we would ride shotgun with the salespeople who had been in our classroom and help them make sales calls, live sales calls. Um, on their customers, and then we'd get out in the car and debrief, and and a reason that sales training is a little different than a lot of other kinds of training is that issue of self-awareness. Often, salespeople need another person to help them reflect on their own behaviors and how it was perceived by the, the client or the prospect, right? and right. Right, whether it was effective or not and so you I'm guessing that in the work that you do in coaching executives, it's a similar thing is that right it is and
1: and uh uh you know we all have a view of ourselves uh from the inside out as it were uh i've I've given the assessment the Harrison assessment to hundreds or more people and uh have have never had one person come back and say, that's not me. Um, so it confirms some things you know about yourself. It also points out some behaviors um, and particularly behaviors that, that uh, under stress can change and, and uh, makes you aware of them. We can talk about the effect on you and the effect on others uh, of those behaviors. And then it's really, uh, again, since it's not personality, which, you know, depending on, on the debate, uh, can't really be changed after you're a young young person, six or seven. But if it's a behavior, you can uh, choose to uh, allow it to, to continue. You can change it. You can feel it coming and make adjustments or not. And uh, that that knowledge is all very powerful. Uh, again, in in view of the workplace, in view of your personal life, mm-hmm. in view of emotional intelligence.
0: Well, that's really cool. I'm, it, it's a it's a fascinating topic. I hope that we get to work together in uh, some uh, uh, additional clients where we can uh, sort of see how this uh, one-two punch, if you will, uh, the, the x-ray, you know, that tells people a little more about What's going on in their own mind, and the uh, I don't know the, the the power tools of these uh, you know rational principles that that are that are authentically based on evidence and data and you know the North Star about what's really good for us <laughs> and what's really good for our organizations and stuff. The two of them yep. together, um, um, if we can help. Other people to appreciate and adopt it. Um, I think that's a that's a really powerful thing. Yeah. One one last uh, thought is that uh, this technology also
1: works with teams, and so you can assess a team together, and you think about the behaviors of each team member and how they mesh, and what you need to compensate for, and how you need to behave as a team. So uh, again, it's another use for the tool. We think about it in uh, terms of individuals, but it also works
0: in a team environment as well. Fascinating. Cool. All right. Well, we should do this again sometime. I really uh, appreciate your time and your expertise here. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate it. And if someone would like to know more about what you do and know more about, uh, you know, just to get a hold of you, how would they do that? You know, uh, best places is, is uh, by phone.
1: Uh, my number six seven eight five seven five six three zero six. Please feel free to call me. I'd love to talk to you if uh, if you have issues relating to uh, uh, the people side of your business.
0: Super. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much. We will do this again and um, uh, take care of yourself. Thanks very much, Michael. I appreciate it. The Sales Process Excellence Podcast is sponsored by Sales Performance Consultants. Discover how to improve your B2B sales with systems thinking at salesperformance.com.